0: As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster.
1: I know I'd go from rags to return.
0: presented by the good people at the Bawd Belly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive.
1: Killer. They
0: need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us
1: from the Central University. A study, study on the 290.
0: Everybody, all of the all
1: the details no. all <inaudible> of the old, <details inaudible> all of the <business inaudible> we had in our possession all of the old,
0: all of the old, all of the old, Boom! Alright everybody, welcome to episode 344 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I'm your host, in the place to be, Mr. Jacob P. And sitting right across from me, wearing his lovely, lovely Los Angeles Galaxy hat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. is the brown recluse Mr. Art Trail Art say hello to the millions
2: and millions guys what the fuck is up guys go to kmancoffee.com check out their entire inventory they got the coffee beans they got the hibiscus tea they got the cacao butter they got everything your heart desires use promo code America at checkout to receive 15% off tell them Arnold Jacob sent you you know take a picture of yourself drinking the hibiscus tea chugging nothing but straight up cacao butter just melt it and drink it. That's how they recommend it. But yeah, use that hashtag Caveman Coffee. Use the hashtag R Jacob Do America. We appreciate it. They appreciate it. Yes. And
0: speaking of sponsors, guys, I need everyone to head on over to SoukerApparel.com, where the great and powerful Nicole Smith Bosch has put together an illustrious array of merchandise your consumption pleasure so christmas is pretty much next week so i don't i mean i don't know you might want to throw down like 25 dollars for express shipping i don't know if that's how much it costs by the time this episode comes out tonight or tomorrow whenever you're watching it that might be over by then but it's always a great time to get those you love want or desire something from sukerapparel.com or maybe perhaps look through her whole store buy something for somebody that you love or buy something that you love want or desire from her store Um, and you know, but put that all in your bag, but before you hit checkout, this is what I'm really trying to say guys, before you hit checkout guys, I need everyone to enter promo code art and Jacob and Nicole will give you 10% off your entire purchase. But Art, we're not here to talk about how Christmas is rapidly approaching and just last week it feels like it should have been Easter uh, or the melting of cacao butter into your lovely, luscious, fresh cup of Joe. Art, what are we here to talk about?
2: We're continuing our list of our favorite movies of all time, our personal favorite movies of all time. That's right. If you haven't listened to episode uh, part one, I guess, where we talk about number 10 through number 6, mm-hmm. go back and listen to that shit. It was incredible. Yes. Uh, but we continue on today with number 5 through number 1. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit before. You know, we wanted to mention. Uh, couple of more honorable mentions we mentioned a couple of movies on the on the previous episode but um, you know i was thinking about movies and i was going through the imbd like thing where it says like the best movies of all time i was <laughs> like let me make sure i didn't leave any like obvious gems off of here yeah right away spoiler alert this doesn't make my list but It is definitely one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's Silence of the Lamb. Oh, yeah. That's a great movie. Yeah, I know. I totally forgot about that movie. It is amazing. You know, fucking I was going to call him Anthony Kiedis. (laughs) Anthony Kiedis is amazing. (laughs) California. I'm going to (laughs) California. Okay. Yeah. It rubs the lotion on the skin. (laughs) Yeah. California. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's incredible. If you haven't seen *Silence of the Lamb, like do yourself a favor, watch *Silence of the Lamb. Yeah, it is really, really good. Uh, I'm trying to think. Also, I didn't put the Matrix in here, but I do have a lot of love for the first Matrix. The mm. first Matrix is pretty fucking dope. Like I remember, like every fucking like chubby Dorito eating like Nintendo 64 kid was all about the first. <laughs> Those, Matrix. Those like button
0: up Dragon Ball Z shirts and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Speaking of animes, uh, the anime *Spirited Away*. Uh, if you're just one of those uh nerds that are into um, the... Fuck, I'm blinking out on on the director of that. There's like a whole like fucking love for that director where it's like Spirit Away, My Neighbor Totoro, Howl's Moving Castle, like that. Like all of his movies are some of the most like beautiful like movies. My, my girlfriend always thinks I'm crazy because all of his movies make me sad. I feel like they always leave you on like a note of like, Damn, but the main character died. <laughs> but like, dude, that's know. like the original
0: like Little Mermaid. Um, but it's like an anime style or whatever from like the seventies yeah. or whatever. Like she dies at the end, and like that shit stayed with me, dude. Uh, like, what
2: is that director? Is this is a Studio Ghibli guy? But I can't remember fucking the director. Ah, whatever, it doesn't matter. But yeah, all those Studio Ghibli movies, like fucking incredible movies, but always fucking leave you on a sad note. They never fucking yeah. let you like have your cake and eat it too type things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, there's
0: no, no pretty ending at the end of yeah. that. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. I was looking at my
0: uh, movie collection over here, and you know, obviously, yeah, there's movies like Natural Born Killers. Oh yeah, Great. fucking love that movie. American History X. Uh, then I walk down over here. Um, I'm a big fan of like cheesy, like 80s movies. So Purple Rain has to be it there. Not only one of the greatest albums of all time, E.T. The Land Before Time. Uh, Et
2: was actually one of the movies I was going to mention when you talked about like let's do some more honorable mentions.
0: Yeah, I love Et. Like the whole line in the beginning, like penis breath. Like it just, just a perfect Mm. movie, right? Gladiator, Gladiator, great movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Then we get. Then we're going to travel down to the hood with Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society, Blood in Blood Out, Training Day. Um, Not maybe not on the same level these, but I still love it. Uh, Baby Boy. Um, then you have uh, Rockstar I like that movie then we get into like the cheesy 80s movies you know all the Rockies I feel like Mm. those are like every every single Rocky movie I've seen except for Rocky 5 is great and that even spills all over into like the Creed movies Uh, then we got Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, hitters like with Conan the Conan series pumping iron uh, kindergarten cop believe it or not I fucking love kindergarten cop Mm -hmm. Uh, twins I love that fucking movie as well uh, and we were talking about this, too. Um, speaking of getting at us on all the social medias, one of our buddies, Ross, got us got at us on all the social medias and gave us his top 10. And this is like something like this a running conversation that me and you have that we agree on. Uh, but he put Terminator 2 in his list. And yeah. you said it right off the top. You're like, I don't like Terminator 2, but I love the original
2: Terminator, and I'm yeah. in the exact same camp. I here. I think the original Terminator is a fucking masterpiece. Like, Fuck yeah. It's a horror movie, dude. Like that uh-huh. thing is amazing. It's so sleek looking. Like it just the soundtrack is amazing. My issue with Part 2 is that they definitely made it for kids. Like, all of a sudden, it's all kid friendly, and like, he's all goofy, and like, Doing yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, it's like he dies, and he does a thumbs up <laughs> as he's dying. It's like, dude, that was fucking corny as yeah. fuck, dude. Like, there's a bunch of, like, goofy ass shit. Like, I just, I, I, it's not a bad movie, but definitely part one is like, there is no thumbs up, you know, like, there's no. none of that goofball shit. Just
0: the hands slowly coming for your fucking yeah, yeah. soul. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I
2: fucking love part one. Mm-hmm. Part one is just amazing. Part two is... A decent watch, like definitely watch part two. Yeah, but I, I do think that it's more of like '90s nostalgia, like uh-huh. kids that grew up in that era. Though, oh. I, I remember like kids were like flipping out and like talking about it at school one day, and I was like, "Oh dang, I need to watch that" because mm-hmm. I had seen part one and everything. Like that's just fucking badass. Oh yeah, and they were like, "Now there's liquid metal guy." I was like, "Fuck, I gotta see this." It is visually like. Impressive for even to time, this day, Yeah, but. for
0: nineteen ninety two, yeah, like that that's that's awesome to see in the big theaters and whatnot. Well, mm. I didn't get to see it in theaters. I didn't get to see it in theaters that's either. That's poor as shit, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. too busy getting shot in the arm fucking, yeah. in front of seven eleven. But yeah. um yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with you. Maybe we can do if Ross ever um comes back on uh, maybe we can do a. He Termin- defends Terminator Two. Yeah, we do Terminator One versus Ter. Maybe is we it do a Terminator watcher?
2: Two or Terminator Three when he says "talk to the hand"? That has to be Terminator.
0: No, that's Terminator Two. That's Terminator Two. That's Terminator Two because he was oh, he, he was teaching them how to talk shit and like he's like talk to the hand. Yeah. Oh god, yeah,
2: that's really bad. Like that,
0: that was where Hasta la vista" baby came from oh, too. Yeah, fuck, yeah. Fuck, dude,
2: this is cringed like mm. level shit. You know, the the only like one liner that's like super like like in that level but badass is when he says i'll be back but it's just like dude that's fucking badass like he like drives a car through the thing or whatever when really he's a fucking machine he could have just broken yeah. the glass and killed him right then and there He didn't have to do that yeah <laughs> he didn't have to go grab the car but like, <laughs> but still it's like badass like that's yeah. a badass line i'll be back yeah it's like but all those like talk to the hand like ever seen that shit and thinking like in my mind I was like wait that's pretty fucking terrible that has to be part three but if it no, is part two part two. Oh fuck dude and part two is also the one where they play bat to the bone where he goes to that biker bar yeah he's like bat to the bone and I was like this is fucking cringy dude this is secret of the ooze level shit you know like <laughs> like tur- like tur- turtles part one one of my also favorite movies it's not gonna make my list here today but yeah I love the first Ninja Turtles movie I yeah. think it's badass it's kind of dark like Raphael Mm -hmm. keeps saying, damn! Every, Mm -hmm. like, time something happens. Yeah. You know, I was like, I thought it was badass, but, like, part two, Secret of the Ooze, where there's, like, vanilla ice is there and they made it super kid-friendly and they couldn't get the rights to, to Rocksteady and Bebop, so they did, like, Sasha and... Toka and Razor. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I do not consider those people canon. Like, this is, <laughs> this is fucking bullshit. You might as well have, a, like, a liquid metal guy in here, too. <laughs> like, yeah, I was just like, not a fan of that stuff. But, like, and that's that was the trend of the 90s. Like, was it successful? Let's make it more kid-friendly. And yeah. so, yeah, I don't know. Sell more toys. Yeah. A couple other 90s movies. I'm looking at this list here. I didn't mention them. But um, The Usual Suspects. Uh, oh, yeah, amazing a great movie. movie. Uh, I forgot about it. The Prestige. Not a 90s movie, but still a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um also, one of my sister's favorite movies and I saw it on this list here. Have you ever seen the movie City of God? Yeah, that's a good oh, movie. Oh, dude, an incredible movie. Have you ever seen the movie Whiplash? Nope. Dude, I recommend watching the movie Whiplash. There's little flaws in the movie where it's like you don't have to be like a I think Like, take get off your high horse a little bit if you're like a music fan. Once you get off your high horse, this is some of the best acting, like, performance I've ever seen in a movie. So, definitely recommend Whiplash. Okay, so a couple
0: more honorable mentions. Uh, again, like, it's not The Godfather, but Cool Runnings. I fucking love that movie. (laughs) I used to watch that on VHS, like, I'd put it on, like, during summer vacation, watch the whole movie through rewind it and put it back on and I'd watch it like four or five times like every day during summer vacation even when it comes on to this day or you know when Disney when Disney plus first became a thing that was one of the first movies that I watched with like heavyweights and those like era of Disney movies kind of thing also too, um, this is my dream scenario. Uh, uh, we talked about the new Beverly, which is Quentin Tarantino's uh throwback theater in Hollywood. Hmm. If he did like a double feature of Kickboxer and Bloodsport, (laughs) sign me up. I would be one of the first people in line for that shit.
2: That's one of the most badass things. I remember a long time ago, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino were talking about how like they would go over to each other's houses and like they both have theaters in their houses. Yeah, so they'll like put together like double feature like Grindhouse. That's where the concept of the movie Grindhouse came from because uh, they were doing those like double feature things, and I remember thinking like, dude, that's such a like amazing like rich guy thing to do. Like, yeah, like a movie theater in your own home—that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. A couple other movies. Have you ever seen Doctor Strangelove? Oh yeah, and how they made the bomb, or yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, dude, that's like one of my favorite movies. Um, I saw another one on here that I was like, oh, I should bring that up. Oh, Aliens. I fucking love Alien and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, one of the first that one not kid friendly sequel, <laughs> but still, you know, in that world of like sequels that are like, you know, people often say are, is better than the first one. Uh, let me think here. Uh,
0: real quick, one that I would put in that might have been in my top ten, depending on you know my 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 emotions that that day, um, but probably would be like number eleven as of today. Uh, would be Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas.
2: Oh yeah, dude, I totally forgot about that movie. That's
0: a great movie. The only reason why I forgot about it because I saw it right there. Yeah,
2: it's a fun movie watch. Oh you know? fuck yeah! Especially like when you're in your like early twenties and you're getting into like movies. Yeah, I, it's like one of those movies you have to watch. I didn't put it in my list, but uh, you know, we talked about Quentin Tarantino enough on the last podcast. But D- Django Unchained, I fucking love that movie. Just didn't mm-hmm. make my my top movies. Uh, but yeah, I I love the movie. I think it's it's probably his funniest movie, to be honest with you, in my opinion. Yeah. Anyways, and then what about like favorite
0: like movie scenes? It might not, they the movie itself might not made up be your honorable mention, um or your top ten, uh, but some favorite movie scenes.
2: Damn, that's a good question. Um, I didn't know what you meant when we were talking about this. I, yeah okay. Here's two of them. Um. Independence Day when like the ships finally show up Uh and like you get to see those shots of like the cities getting overtaken by these giant ships. Uh I fucking love that. Like, dude, I get a fucking hard on when I see that shit. And I'm like, (laughs) like, that is awesome. Like that, that is awesome. I don't think the movie like is, you know, worthy of like Independence Day. (laughs) like, (laughs) But like, but like it is one of my favorite, especially being a kid and seeing that shit. I nice. I remember being like, "That's fucking awesome!" Like, you know, there's so many like little things. You know, Will Smith punching the fucking alien, going "Welcome to Earth." Yeah, like just so many things like that. I, I think is awesome. Um, and then there was another one that I was gonna bring up. Also, the movie The Rock uh, with Sean Connery and um um, um, um Catherine Zeta Jones. No, no, no. It's, you always bring up that movie though. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, not yeah, it's yeah. not that movie, but uh, it's uh what's his name? The guy from uh, Pig. Uh, ah dude, he's like a really big actor. Um uh, Nicolas Cage.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. I know him the movie him now. and
2: Nicolas Cage where they're like breaking into Alcatraz. Uh, the scene where they finally go into Alcatraz, right? And like Sean Connery's like timing like the fire or whatever for from the, from the from like the broiler or whatever the fuck that is. Like it's fucking badass. Like that whole like going into into uh Alcatraz scene is like fucking amazing. Like I as a kid I was like this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Like nice. But yeah, yeah. Those are those are two movies. Definitely did not make my my honorable mentions. I don't think they're that great of movies, but definitely get a kick out of those movies.
0: Nice. Um mine, like it's I didn't mean for it to be
2: like this, but um, <laughs>
0: these are all very.
2: And these, oh, you, these are. All, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Give me one more. We kind of talked about this right before we started recording, but um, because I was playing a song and it was from the theme song for the movie Up. But the opening scene, like the first like fifteen minutes of the movie Up, like that shit made me cry like hardcore. Where I was just like, that is like the saddest like. Thing like every I, I have trouble watching the movie up just because those first fifteen minutes are just so like emotional, em- emotional. Yeah, to that me. is a roller coaster. Yeah. So it's like yeah, the movie, the first like fifteen minutes or whatever of the movie up. Yeah. Definitely uh, pull at the heartstrings.
0: Uh, well, speaking of pulling, pulling at something here, I didn't mean for these scenes to come out, you know, all in like the same kind of category of movie scene. Yeah. Um, but they're definitely some of my favorite scenes in cinema that didn't make my uh, list at all. But, um, you know, first off the top, when we talk about scenes like this, uh, it has to be Selma Hayek's dance scene in From Dust Till Dawn. Mm. That is by far one of the sexiest things I have seen in this lifetime or the next. I mean, bar none. Yeah. Um, just amazing, you know. And then it just shot real well, too. Not You know, aside from the fact that, like, it looks good or whatever, right? But just shot really well amazing right Uh, and then uh, the next one which kind of inspired this was like again we talked about a lot of Quentin Tarantino and that might come up a couple more times on this episode with my list Uh, but a movie that didn't make my honorable mention or my top 10 but is a Quentin Tarantino movie is Death Proof and I just love that scene where Kurt Russell is getting a lap dance uh, by that Puerto Rican princess and that song by the coasters down in Mexico is playing like again Sexy as hell, but also shot really well. Like, it's like that's just really good art as well. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, then again, you know, to be like a little 90s kid, (laughs) you know, what's funny in that movie, like, there's two scenes that I absolutely love, and one of them is the opening scene where you just get to see his car from like the angle oh, of, yeah. of that. And I think the song is called The Chase that they're playing to. Yeah. And it's just a like, and I just love that, like the way that that intro is shot to that movie. I know it's, there's no acting or anything in that, but just the, the shot is just very iconic to me. There's also a scene where like they're all finally going into the bar for like the first group of girls that are going to go in there. Um, and she sees the the car just slowly drive by. Uh-huh. To me, I was like, dude, so well done. Like, I don't think the you know the whole movie doesn't live up to it. A lot of people say that's his worst movie, but uh, I do think it has some very iconic and strong scenes where like, oh, I still enjoy
0: the movie. Oh, definitely, yeah. It just didn't make you know.
2: <laughs> Actually, I still think the hateful eight is his worst movie but
0: uh (laughs) i invite you to watch the netflix you know what
2: i was just thinking about that you mentioned that a lot and i do have to do that
0: yeah it's a lot better when ingested in small parts but um anyways um and then these next two not not like they were they were shot you know cinematically great or anything they're just (laughs) my little fucking like 12 year old self just just loved watching it but uh uh, Denise Richards and Nev Campbell in Wild Things, that you know, make out scene in the pool. <laughs>
2: I've never seen that.
0: Oh, dude, it's iconic, never, yeah. I've never seen that. Nev Campbell undoes the brawl. You know, Denise Richards' Chi-Chi pops out. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, damn. Chef's kiss, even to this day. 12, 12-year-old Jacob and 38-year-old Jacob appreciates <laughs> everything about that scene. Uh, and then speaking of it, the queen of all of those type of scenes is Phoebe Cates' pool scene from Fast Times at Ridgemont High when she gets out of the pool and says
2: hi Tom or whatever the you fuck know, is. I, You know what's funny I've never seen that movie either. Really? Yeah, I've never seen that movie. It's
0: a very 80s movie and um we watched it last week I want to say or the week before last and like it's a little misconjoined a little bit but it's still a really great movie but that scene in particular moi, chef's kiss. Hmm.
2: You know, speaking of 80s movie, what's that one movie where like those kids are in detention? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Breakfast Club! The Breakfast Club. You know what? That's a really cheesy movie, and I and I remember when I was in high school, I was like, "That's some fucking bullshit as kind of movie." Like, <laughs> I'm never gonna watch that shit. And I watched it like three years ago, and I was like, I could see how this is like a really like adorable '80s movie, yeah, like a very coming of age. Like if you were a a teenager when that movie came out, I could see how you're like Dude, all about it, like just that '80s nostalgia vibe to it. So it's mm-hmm. like, it is. The fact that it still holds up in that sense, like I do think that it's it's very like, like you know, very sweet. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just like one of those things that just watch it. It's a good movie.
0: Yeah, and then one thing before we uh, move into our top five. Um, just to show you that, like, these, my list isn't fucking permanent. It's not like when right. I die in my deathbed, you know, Friday at number 10 is still gonna be number 10. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll move back Fear and Loathing, or maybe some other movie might move in there or whatever, right? Like, this, my list is very fluid or whatever, right? Yeah. I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? Kill Bill, I'm gonna put it at six. I'm gonna, you know, mm-hmm. take it from number nine where I had last week, and I'm gonna move it to number six, so.
1: Hmm. I have
2: I haven't really thought about this list since I made it, to be honest with you, but, um, uh... I I agree with you, yeah. I mean, I don't think that I'm going to, like, be like, this is it. I'm going to die on this hill. Because I was, like, looking at this list here, and it's, like, Alien, the movie The Thing. Like, I didn't even bring it up. Like, I love the movie The Thing. I love Alien. I love Predator. Predator was one of those things that was in my honorable mentions just because, you know. Mm, I love the, Predator, yeah. The Into the Spider-Verse movies I think is incredible. Like, those, you know, Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, incredible animated movies. Um. That movie right there. Oh, everything everything all all at once. Still
0: yet to be able to watch
1: it yet. Really,
2: yeah, that thing is incredible. Like you know, I I just that's one of the funniest movies. I remember like in that in the theater, like laughing like my ass off, and then also like getting teary eyed at the same time, and everything like wow, how the fuck do you like do you accomplish that? Like how did how did this movie accomplish to like get two emotions out of someone at the exact same time? But yeah, it, it is a really good movie. I think it won like Picture of the Year or something. It sure did, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Anyways that's all I can think of for right now.
0: What's your number five, baby?
2: Okay, let me uh, pull up my list really quick. All oh. right, number five, dude. You know, definitely had to bring this movie up. This is one of my Halloween horror movies. I bring up every fucking Halloween. I make it a point at some point during the month of October we're fucking watching this movie because I fucking love it. The Shining.
1: Oh, if nice. they're
2: showing The Shining in theaters, Dude. I'm fucking there, baby. Like it's happening. <laughs> like it just it just has to happen. Stanley Kubrick, in my opinion, his best movie. I would agree. I yeah. I think I the funny thing about this is that it's a um, it's based on the book by uh, Stephen King. Stephen King, and I fucking hate Stephen King. I think his other movies are like every time there's a movie adaptation to a Stephen King movie. I almost guarantee you, I'm gonna fucking hate it because yeah. I think their his stories are always like corny as fuck. Like I've just never been a fan of like Stephen King stuff in general. And I know that's like blasphemy. We're gonna get all kinds of hate mail and say Art like, doesn't like anything.
0: Nope, he does.
2: you not like Stephen King? But
0: he likes The Shining, and Stephen yeah. King didn't like The Shining because it didn't jive with his vision yeah. of The Shining was.
2: I think it's incredible. It was like you know, it's like when you you know like the first like hot girl you see naked or whatever, mm. it becomes a blueprint to like. I mean, that's just my like Freudian take on that. But like, it becomes like the blueprint of like the girl you like idolize for the rest of your life type of situation. Uh-huh. And like, to me, like, this is like the first horror movie that I was like fell in love with. And it does become the blueprint. Like, I mentioned House of the Devil earlier. Um, I mentioned it follows on the last episode. These movies have that like ambient vibe to them. I'm a huge fan of like Jordan Peele's movies. And I know that like, you know, everybody likes, um, get out like i think that's like a hands-down staple but i love his other movies like i don't think i've seen a director put as much detail to a movie as since 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 jordan peele has but the, the amount of detail in this movie the layout the fact that the the uh the hotel is not supposed to make any sense there's all these youtube videos where you can be like here's the blueprint of danny riding his little tricycle through the through the hotel like hallways and they don't make sense because he makes two lefts and they turn you you know it doesn't make sense like he's going upstairs and downstairs like doesn't make sense this room opens up and there's a window behind it but really that should be in the middle of the hotel and there's no reason for it to have a window there you know like the fact that he put that much thought into it the fact that there's all these like hints at like uh, uh jack nicholson's character like sexually abusing danny and like him holding like there's a point where like he goes he's doing this little interview for like the 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 winner keeper position or whatever and he's holding a a a playgirl magazine and like the and that's a real playgirl magazine from like the 1970s or something like that and it says something like the the one of the articles is like about incest and it's like a really dark, like everything about this movie has all these like hidden dark things about it. And they're just like little things that like- Even the fact that people think that like, it's his like his
0: secret admission that he faked the, the, the moon, moon landing, landing and Yeah, shit.
2: the whole moon landing, <coughs> room
0: 238. And then we thing. talked a little bit about um the music of Taxi Driver or whatever, right? I took a film um, music class in uh, college And this was like a big part of the chorus was like the music from The Shining, Mm -hmm. how like when they're going through the maze, like it's the same way in as it is out kind of thing, like the crescendo and decrescendo. And like Bella Bartok, the guy that um, did the score for The Shining, like he would Stanley Kubrick would make it a point like, all right, so this scene's going to be like this. So you need to make sure that the way the music starts and all the notes and whatnot, it goes up, and the way it ends is the very mirror opposite of that as well. So, it which goes against like all the rules of like film music, which is supposed to be like supporting, you know, whatever scene emotionally is doing. Mm-hmm. But it, the music is more or less like like messing with your mind kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it's just like what what you're seeing and what you're hearing is at a conflict. So you're constantly in this mode of distress. So, yeah. which adds like a, a another layer of like, oh wow, this is a creepy ass fucking movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. The dissonance, whole that's the, the word I was whole for. movie gives you an eerie vibe. Like dissonance. Yes. Yeah, it, and it's it's just to me, you know, we talked about like bad sequels when we talked about Terminator Two. A lot of people don't know this, but there is a sequel to this movie called Doctor Sleep. And that movie fucking sucks. Like, it's borderline unwatchable for me. I like, didn't
0: even bother with it because it didn't look I only
2: well. watched it because Ben posted about how, he's like, it's pretty sick. This is a pretty good movie. This is a pretty cool flick, son. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not. I, I watched it and I was like, like, my girlfriend was like, are you even watching this? This is fucking stupid. And I was like, no, I'll turn it off. I, yeah. I can't bear to. Let's watch the Bobcats let's, game. <laughs> let's just fucking watch Bob's Burgers again. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it um but this movie instant classic it is to me the blueprint of like what i look for in horror movies mm-hmm. like i don't like jump scares i don't they don't do anything for me this is like if you look at this movie it is a pretty slow burn like it's not like it's like he's like going around axing people in every scene there is that but for the most part there is the like go him going through a job interview him thinking everything's going to be all right Things kinda like Danny having a fucking seizure. Like, you know, there's not a lot going on for the first it's all set up. But it's all like kinda like this weird ambient setup where you know you're walking down like a bad path. Yeah, it's like you're following these breadcrumbs of like, oh man, I don't know if I you know, if I'd like where this is going, kinda thing, you know? And then like when it finally happens, it it just like it feels it feels rewarding. Like it's 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 hard for me to be like, Whoa, like there couldn't have been a better ending. But honestly, I don't even give a fuck what Stephen King wrote in his book because, like, there's no way it was a better ending than this yeah. Like, this is incredible. Like, this guy, like, fucking took you to school. Even the fact at the very beginning of this movie, you see, like, a, a car that's crashed on the side of the road. And apparently in the book, that's the car that the family drives. And that's kind of his homage to saying, like, that's your story. I'm not telling that story. Like when they're finally driving up to go to the the uh, Overlook Hotel, yeah, and like um, I thought that was like a chef's kiss, so like a big fuck you to Stephen King. Like I'm telling a I'm gonna tell a better story than what you had, because <laughs> I think in his he has like animals like like uh what are those animals that are cut out of trees and stuff like that? Like where you know when they when people make like bushes and they like let's shape this like a fucking Unicorn or something like that. Oh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I guess in his book, like, those come to life and all this shit, and they're, like, running around the courtyard, and I'm like, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> so, like, I'm glad that's not... And I guess in, like, the Stephen King version, because he eventually makes his own version. that was, Oh, like, really? Sh- yeah, it's like... It came out, like, in the mid-90s, and it was, like, a straight to, like, D- not straight to DVD. Like, he's... Straight he put- to VHS. He put it on, like, ABC Family and all this shit. Like, I don't know. Look into it. I don't care much for that. But, um, yeah, no, Stephen King fucking... Got his shit rocked by uh by, <laughs> by Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Like, yeah, that's a masterclass on how I'm making a movie is. And I just want to point out, like, I, th- I don't think there could have been a better casting than Jack uh Jack Nicholson in this movie. Like, Jack Nicholson to me is Jack Torrance. Like, it's just like, fuck, dude, it's incredible. He is just like, he's just he kind of proves that like you can have a horror movie and have, like, amazing acting. Like, to me, I, I put I put his acting, like, versus, like, you know, like, Schindler's List type shit, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Like, you don't have to make a Schindler's List to have amazing acting. Like, this is, like... Yeah. His Jack Torrance is, like, fucking A-plus shit.
0: 100% agree. One of the best actors of all time, so... Shining. Didn't make my list, but excellent, excellent movie. Number five for me. So, I played with this. I... Sometimes I know when we did our list of Tarantino movies, like this movie yeah. was kind of like, I was like, maybe this is my favorite Tarantino movie, and I was like, no, but this, that, another or whatever, right? But it's still like one of those Tarantino movies that I just like absolutely love. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, it is Django Unchained. Yeah. Um. I remember we watched this movie. You know, during this time, during Christmas, Christmas time, time Christmas yeah. Day, I believe. Yeah, Christmas Day, which is a, a fabulous tradition that I love watching a movie on Christmas. Um, And I just remember being in the theater thinking, like, this is, like, such the most perfect Christmas. I had a great time with my family. Now I'm having a great time with my friends. And even, like, when I put this movie on, again, like I said uh, last episode, when you put it on, you can't really turn away. You can't just be like, all right, I'm going to make it to the scene where, you know, he, you know, he gets Hildy back or whatever. Or I'm going to make it to this scene where, you know, they capture a bunch of... Uh, you know, uh, uh, outlaws or whatever, right? Like you can't just turn away from one scene. You got to see how everything ends. Like even that shootout scene where Tupac's being played or whatever. Yeah. It's a Wild West film, but Tupac's being played or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's just like just so awesome. Like they, like there's just so much going on, and every scene is just super fun. Like there, there's just no way to put it. Like it's super fun, and again, super quotable. You know, we were talking. Me and my girl were talking about this movie. And that scene where uh, Django and um, Dr. Schultz are going to uh, Calvin Candy's uh, house, and um, uh, Jamie Fox's character Django, you know, he has to prove that you know he, he's a hard dude or whatever, right? And uh, one of Calvin Candy's uh, guys is like, "I'm gonna have fun walking with you in the moonlight, boy." And uh Django responds like, Why are you gonna hold my hand? Like like you said, it's just all these like really hilarious mm-hmm. lines like which is like right up there with a tombstone.
2: I think it's I think uh what is this actor's name? Uh Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. So this is Christoph Waltz coming off of like his master breakthrough thing at, in um In Glorious Bastards. Bastards. And I think unless you saw some like artsy fartsy movies in between that he worked on prior to coming out in this I think most people hadn't seen what he was gonna be like in this movie, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite movies, and this is like a really subtle thing. When he they finally go into town, they clear out that bar, and he's pouring him and Django beers, and this is this is a total like nerd thing, but him pouring the beers is like <laughs> masterclass of how to properly pour a beer. I don't yeah. know if they made him like take a class we'll, take or a something. class of how to like you know you can this isn't going to the mint and just having some dude pour your p b r yeah he he does it in such a like beautiful way and like i agree i i honestly love that scene because of that because it's like that is attention to detail that's just like mm-hmm. uh, he's he's uh he's a he's a german you know kind of cowboy guy right Mm -hmm. so he has the background of like somebody how someone would truly pour beer coming from like a german like german descent and to me it was like that was like a chef's kiss to like attention to detail where it Uh was like it wasn't just him pouring a beer and like sliding it over to him which you'll see in a lot of things the whole tipping it properly taking the head off like doing that whole thing and like just beautiful beautiful execution deserved a tip Basically, it was almost a performance in itself, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. But I
0: mean, it's such a it's at the one, it's a Tarantino movie, so it's gonna have all sorts of entertainment value. Amazingly directed, amazingly wrote, uh, acted fabulous,
2: but at the end of the day, it's just a fantastic fucking story, yeah. I, I, you know, and Leonardo DiCaprio's performance i mean there's so many there's so many things that you can from our top fives there's you can make episodes entirely of these top five movies that we're probably going to go into here but his performance where he like gets so into it and he cuts his hand and he's truly bleeding that's mm-hmm. not fake blood he mm-hmm. really cuts his hand on the glass when he's doing that performance so it's just like you know one of the more underrated performance i think he wins his like was it are they oscars or whatever when they win or Oh, he, tar- uh, he he he, gets, he has, I don't think he wins it for this, but he wins it for the revenants yeah, when yeah, he yeah. like fights the bear. But um, but uh yeah, incredible, incredible movie. So incredible that Quentin Tarantino for a while was working on a sequel to this where it's Django and Zorro team up and like they go and free all these like Native Americans. And then apparently it didn't because he was like begging uh, Antonio Banderas to come back to reprise his role as Zorro. As Zorro, and it just never panned out. So it just one He's of those too things busy doing never, in boots. Part 7 yeah. it doesn't look like it's ever going to happen now, but like, you know, just the character of Django, like could be like an animated, like anime style movie where it's just like incredible, you know, it's black Samurai or black Samurai, Afro Samurai. Yeah. Blue eyed Samurai, that whole vibe of those style of TV shows, very Quentin Tarantino ish. And yeah. like, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's really, really well done. Yeah. Number five, yeah. All right, number four. Uh, my number four. Going back to my list. Oh man, this is you know I mentioned The Shining. One of the criteria is how many times do I watch these movies? I don't want to put Shawshank Redemption, and this is like, dude, I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption since like fucking like high school. Bush was in office, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it was like fucking the Twin Towers were falling when I was watching that shit. <laughs> like it's been a minute. So uh, this one, I fucking love this movie. My favorite Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back. You know, shout out to Lucasfilms for letting other directors take take the wheel of like directing a, a Star That's Wars right, movie. Yeah. Uh this is Urban Kitchener, uh who directed this one. Uh who I didn't I didn't even know that. I I, I thought the original trilogy for a long time was all fucking George, George Lucas. Uh but this is a movie I actually just watched this when I was putting this list together. This is the one that I was like, Yeah, I kinda wanna rewatch that one. Because I kind of talked about Rogue One a little bit in my honorable mentions. That was originally going to be my number twenty movie, but this one is really the one that like got me into Star Wars. Like I remember when when they decided to re-release the movies, like the original trilogy, before they were going to do the Phantom Menace, and like I think like all my buddies from elementary school, all the like Ross and all those guys that I was hanging out with. They all went to the theaters to like rewatch them, and I was so jealous because I did not get to do that. And I was like, "Fuck, like yeah. what a bummer!" But I think like they right before the Phantom Menace came out, I think they released the box set. Yep. Like you got the whole big DVD box set, and DVDs were like a brand new thing at the time. <laughs> like it I was have just, that right there, yeah. Uh, which one? The one is it the one with Darth Vader? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's the one we got. Like I think they had Darth Vader and Yoda. You had an option of like the dark or the light side. So like my dad bought that and and i remember i remember thinking like this is fucking awesome we're going to finally do it and i watched a new hope and i remember thinking like that was cool like it was it was it was pretty cool like I, I i dug it but then i remember watching this one and like just the the opening like snow you know scene and then doing the battle of hoth like hoth and like just like I remember just being like fucking blown away, like by the AT-ATs and all this shit. Like I remember thinking, like this is fucking incredible. Like how did they make this like so long ago? Like this is really, really cool. And like, you know, the Han Solo character was awesome. Like the Han, Han Solo in A New Hope is like kind of tamed compared to this Han Solo. This Han Solo is like, there's like that opening scene where he's telling the uh, one of the guards, and the guard is just like, "Hey, sir, you're gonna die out there. It's freezing." and he's like well then i'll see you in hell and i was like fuck dude like that's fucking badass that's not like talk to the hand like <laughs> yeah is that him going like thumbs up i'll just die with a thumbs up like like just like so many scenes like that the classic like leia saying like i love you and he's like i, I know. know like i remember thinking like dude this guy is like this is what a man should be yeah. like this is fucking badass <laughs> like like yeah no i just I love that movie, Cloud City. I remember thinking, like, this is fucking incredible. Like, who came up with this shit? A city in the clouds? Like, this is fucking incredible. Like, everything A New Hope was, this is like A New Hope on steroids. Like, it was just like, and it ends on such a, like, grim note. Yeah. Like, like Luke getting his hand cut off. Like, like I just remember thinking, like, dang, are you supposed to feel like that? That's some Studio Ghibli shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just like, you're, they, movie shouldn't end this way. Like, movie shouldn't end with, like, the the heroes barely surviving. Like, I love it. Like, to me, it was just, like, this, this is, in my opinion, this is, like, the best sequel to, like, the original. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think real quick. Yeah, this is probably my favorite sequel to, like, any of my favorite movies. Um, I guess Aliens comes a little bit close, but this is still, I think, better. But, um, yeah, no, I, I fucking love this movie. I... Honestly, like, Star Wars movies in general are, like, the kind of movies I can just put on a random one and, like, just sit there and, like, that's cool. That's what I'm watching. Not so much the new trilogy. I can't really get into, like, those. But but for the most part, like, even, like, um, Solo, like, the... Solo oh, I like Solo. that movie. Yeah, like, yeah. I like that movie, too. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I mean, it, it made me, like, a huge fan of Star Wars. Like, I, this is the movie that, like, Just made me go down that road of, like, you know what? This is fucking like dope as shit. And I've wanted to, like, experience that feeling again with, like, when Lord of the Rings came out, I was like, This is everyone's saying this is that new shit. <laughs> and like I just I liked it, but I don't love it. Like it's okay. just this one just jives with me like a fucking spaghetti western in space. Like fuck, what don't you love about it?
0: And that was the opposite. Yeah. I wanted to like Star Wars. I still try to like Star Wars. Again, yeah. every single one of my coworkers and you and you know, a lot of people around me, like they love the Star Wars and I'm just like, okay. But I love me, but the original like Lord of the Rings. I I do like that. That is my yeah, yeah.
2: Just for me, like I don't know what it is about like the whole like, and the funny thing of the whole thing with like kings and queens and like all that like wizards and shit. Like (laughs) like it never really like. on, boy, you need to listen to some Dio, man. Yeah, yourself up. uh, It's not really my thing. Like uh, I do like. Oh, you're a space boy, huh? Like, I, like, I like this I like the space stuff too like it's like a you know space opera with like a lot of like cowboy like spaghetti western vibes samurai too. shit too. yeah, I, and samurai stuff I'm like a huge fan of Like, uh-huh. that's, like the, that's where the whole lightsaber shit came. oh from yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's yeah. it's a lot of like samurai type stuff. I mean the whole thing with like a Akira, not the animated one, but like the old like black and white Akira style of, of like revenge type storyline like yeah. i'm a huge fan of or even like um i just mentioned it a little while ago that like afro samurai and like um blue-eyed samurai shout out to blue-eyed samurai and netflix if you by the way if you're looking for something to watch do you watch blue-eyed samurai but like that style of of like you know sword work or whatever like I, I love that element to it dude like i just i'm a sucker for it i highly recommend if if you want to get into star wars i would say start with rogue one as your first one work your way through rogue one new hope and empire. um yeah empire and you know jedi jedi just do that in that sequence but um uh, but then this is definitely the one that like fucking like got me hooked nice all right
0: <laughs> well, speaking of uh, movies, franchise movies, uh, I guess I'll jump into my number four here uh, in space and uh, <laughs> legacy movies. Spaceballs, yes, so Spaceballs by uh, John Candy. No, um, I did another cop out here, and I put two movies together because oh, I kind of yeah every single Star Wars movie ever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hope you do not do that, uh, <laughs> but I put together. Uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame together. Uh So just because um, I do feel like this is like the pinnacle of like where Marvel movies, the MCU was at the time. And it did feel like a very special time to be alive uh, when these movies were coming out. And especially with like Infinity War, like that was... That's what all the movies were building up to. I mean, I think to Infinity War, there was like, what, 10, 15, 16, 20 movies that... If you had to pick one, which one would you go with? (sighs) See, and that's why I put them together, because I was thinking of that, and I was like, well, I can't do four, and then that one three, you know, Uh because to me, like, it'd be a really fucking... even a bigger problematic problem than Kill Bill, which would be three and a half hours.
2: To me, the... The opening scene to Inf- Infinity Wars the one where oh no not that one. Uh <laughs> Endgame. Uh, with uh, Hawkeye? N- no wait. Uh, wait, is it Endgame the second one? Yeah, Endgame okay, the second. Okay, sorry. Infinity Infinity Wars. The opening scene where where um where uh, Iron Man and Doctor Strange first come together because they're being invaded. Yeah. To me, you know I mentioned Independence Day a little while ago, to me that was like pretty damn close to like that alien invasion scene. Correct. Where they're like throwing down with like this alien force that's coming down. I love that. Like to me, like out of you know, I know that this one has the big crescendo where everybody shows up. You yeah. know, like And then the girls have their own time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like to me there is a little bit of like talk through the hand on in this one, even the space thing or whatever. Like there's there's a little bit of that. And I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I enjoyed both of them. I agree with yeah. you. I do think that it's one of those things that, like, you had to be in that era where you got to see him in theaters and people cheered mm-hmm. when Captain America catches Thor's hammer oh, and all that Oh, I got goosebumps just when you said that. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, dude, I remember seeing that in theaters and being like, holy shit, like, this is incredible. Like, there's no way, like, yeah. like this is this is what we all these years like have been building up to
0: you know they did it like that's what i kept thinking i was like they fucking did it because <laughs> i was so used to being like let down by big fr- oh we're gonna do it we're gonna oh it's a yeah. let down kind of thing and they actually did it they did like i don't know how many movies that built up to infinity war then they fucking lose spoiler alert they yeah. lose and you're like oh what the fuck and then you gotta wait a whole year to get the conclusion like how do they come back because they have to come back and then Endgame you know is how they do come back and it keeps going back to the fact whenever they show these movies on TV or you know when I got YouTube TV on and it's playing you know and whatnot, right. You have to stay invested into the story. Like you yeah. can't just look away. You know, once you know Thor makes his new hammer, or you know when you know whatever is happening at that time. No, you have to stay around for the end. And even the way this movie ends, like yeah, they you know at the end of Endgame, everything works out and whatnot. Yeah, because they're the Avengers. That's
2: that's the other little things that do you think that they left some like, and I know that they've spent a couple of years now, like not retconning, but like the Loki TV show ties up some loose ends and that sort of thing, which I like the fact that they've done things, things like that, where it's just like, some things clearly didn't make sense, but you know, we're going to, you know, make TV shows about it now type Mm. of thing. I think that's pretty cool, but I definitely think that Infinity? uh, infinity war is the empire strikes back of the whole movie where it's like, dang, that's really the one that like made me feel shit where it's like they lose and like, you know, they're, they're, they're not doing well. You know, uh-huh. like, it, it, it made, like, without that, without the, I think there was, how many months in between these two movies? A year. It was a year. I think without that year of anticipation of, like, holy shit, like, type of thing, it wouldn't have made this movie, like, as great as it was. Like, it wouldn't have made the, you know, Captain America catching Doris Hammer as badass. Yeah. I, I, I think they're both great movies, but I do think that, that movie like the notes that it played where it was like a little more serious throughout the movie and the stakes were so high and like mm-hmm. you know if i remember like didn't we we did an episode about it right where we yeah. like talked about like what what we think is gonna happen that whole thing yeah i mean it was it was it was it was a good movie i, I both of them are good movies yeah but i do think that Infinity War is just, I, like, the I shit. I agree
0: with you, everything about Infinity War, it's just, like, sometimes, something about Endgame, where it's just, like, the now this is the conclusion, this, this is the the fallout of how, like you said, they lose, this is how they feel, like, you know, fucking, you know, Black mm-hmm. Widow, her hair turns a different fucking color, fucking Captain America's leading a, fu- of course, if Captain America can't be America's hero, he's out here, you know, leading a fucking focus, or not focus group, uh, Ah, uh, uh, like like AA meetings, and yeah, shit yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like you know, and then like you know, Thor. Of course, he turns into a goddamn alcoholic or whatever, I, right?
2: I do think those are the notes that like kind of like you know, obviously, Ant Man does a lot of comedic relief type things in this, the whole time travel thing, or them turning into a baby, like Thor being like an alcoholic or whatever. <laughs> you know, like there's those types of things that are just they're you know they border on the talk to the hand, thumbs up type of situation. You know. You know they're a little more in that thing, and then you had to do it because in the previous movie was so dark that you couldn't mm. just be like more darkness type of thing. Yeah, you know, then it just turns into the Dark night. You know, yeah. it's just like, you know, and I get I get why they hit those notes and they have to go there, but I definitely think Infinity War is a superior movie.
0: Yeah, I mean. Like I said, I copped out cuz I couldn't cuz I couldn't just put pick one and leave the other one off or you know, rank one above the other kind of thing cuz they they're they're married together kind of thing. You need yeah, to have one with I get the other. That. And I mean with the other Avenger movies like Avengers and then, you know, Age of Ultron, you you kind of don't re- you need them for the complete story, but like you you they're independent of each other kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, these yeah. two are definitely together. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I put them together. Again, like, where I was going with, like, the ending of it, like, yeah, you get the final conclusion with Thanos and whatnot, but then you also get, like, the final write-off for Iron Man, which is, to me, is, like, one of the, like, most touching things, you know, Uh, you know, with Spider-Man going up to him, and, like, we did it, Mr. Stark, we did it, and, like, that whole full circle of, like, uh, the MCU, it starts with, it started with Iron Man. Yeah. And like he gets to, you know, you can rest now, Tony, kind of thing. Like you, you done it. You you righted all the wrongs that you and your father did in the past, and you did it. Like you, you, your work here is done. Don't worry, we got this. And then you get uh, Captain America, his his write off, you know, from the MCU kind of thing. Where it's just like I spent so much time putting my country first that I never thought about myself. Where it's like I'm gonna go ahead and get the girl, kind of thing. And I thought that was beautiful as well. It was a little force gumpy, and I know you don't like that. No. But to me, like that was the part where I was like, you know what?
2: Right it's, there, it's it's good. Yeah, I, I I enjoy the movie. I didn't feel disappointed. Oh, not at the, all in the movie. But uh, I think we
0: both saw it multiple times in theaters. Yeah,
2: I uh I I just think part one is just like damn.
1: I
0: oh yeah, the
2: anticipation that was left over a year. You know the fact that there was like entire YouTube channels dedicated to like <laughs> trying to figure out what's gonna happen type situation. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, you know, pretty awesome. It it changed the game as far as like. Oh yeah. Now I feel like there's like YouTube channels that are like,
1: what's gonna happen
2: on next season's uh, New Girl? And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, is this still a show? I don't know, dude. Uh, but uh, it's it's just not the same. You know, it's shout like out to Zoe
0: Deschanel. <laughs> Anyways, it's, what's your number three, baby?
2: Number three, one of my favorite movies. This is a movie I uh, I showed this to my girlfriend. I was like, you got to see this movie. Cause she, she's also into animated movies. But I was like, you got to see this movie. One of my favorite movies. I put this movie also on my favorite horror movies of all time. Uh, There's a movie called Perfect Blue. Okay. animated movie by Satoshi <laughs> S- Sato Kon and like it's just i actually the first time i encountered this movie my buddy daniel was editing music videos to his his band and he was using clips from this movie mm. and i was like what the fuck is this like this is weird looking like wh- what are you what are you scrambling together here and he's like oh it's from an anime called perfect blue dude it's fucking sick and when i watched it dude i was like this is th- there's no way, like, you could have made this in live action. Like, I'm sure a really, like, genius director now with the technology that we have now could get away with some of the stuff that they were doing in this. But as far as, like, a psychological thriller that has only gotten better with age, as we move to more and more of a technology, like, overwhelmed society, this movie just fucking has age like fine wine. And... I think let me. I think I wrote down the year that it came out. I think it was ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven. It's it's one of the most like frightening movies slash like like you can't look away. And you you said it with like um, Django, where it's like you can't just start one scene and be like, all right, I'm just gonna watch until this happens, because everything just blends so well into each other. Mm-hmm. The only equivalent that I I can think of is, like, a Pink Floyd album or, like, Mm -hmm. those Nine Inch Nails albums where, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, this song blends into the next song. There's scenes that literally blend into each other. Like, uh, and I I don't want to spoil that much to this movie because it is more of a psychological thriller, and it is basically, like, the first time you watch it will be the best time you watch it just because it's... Shock value. Yeah, there is a little bit of shock value, and there's also that conversation of, like, what did you think? What do you think happened? Was this, you know, what was this all about? You know, like I like that element of this movie that like, I think after I showed it to my girlfriend, my girlfriend and I had like a fucking like hour long conversation about like, yeah, but then this, but then what was that all about? And like that whole thing, you know, like it, it's those types of movies that like really make me like get into movies. Whereas it's just, like, it's not just the going to the movies and going home, and now let's go get some fucking Taco Bell and, like, whatever. (laughs) Like, that's cool. Like, don't get me wrong. There are movies like that that I'm, like, cool with seeing, you know. But the kind of movies where it's like, okay, let's talk about, like, what do you think about this? And you just fucking rant on about, like, this and that and just being, like, the most clever animation. The fact that this was in 97. I mentioned Vampire Hunter D at my number 10, I believe. Obviously, Vampire Hunter D had a couple of years of, like, technology to help it get along with it. This one was just master class in animation and like the psychological elements to it. I don't think you miss anything. If you I've seen it dubbed and I've seen it like with subtitles. You don't really miss anything if you either one, so if you're gonna watch it dub, fine. It's no big deal. In fact I think it works better because paying attention to like the little details in I don't want to spoil any of I, I honestly like I'm so like fanatical about this movie. That I don't want to spoil anything about it. Don't say too much then. Yeah, it's just but I I just I just think that like the the first time watching this movie is like fucking like The Usual Suspects level type shit. It's? I remember seeing The Usual Suspects the first time and thinking like, "Wow, that was incredible." But this is like you know, like, and it's not even the ending. The ending is like not even the best part about it. It's all the things that are just happening to to the main character, and like the the psychological elements. It's very R rated, so I don't recommend. If you got kids and you're like, let's watch a fucking animated movie. Well, come here, Archie, sit this right is here. Like Studio going... Ghibli shit about to happen. We're going to watch some <laughs> Japanese anime. <laughs> it was like there's a there's a there's a rape scene in this movie like oh just I just saw the, that just,
0: as I saw when I was looking up the scenes on here I was, I was like, like dude
2: oh and if i'm going to say a favorite scene i'm going to say the rapes scene. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no uh you know if, if i do have to say like a favorite scene in this uh damn that's a a really interesting thought of like if i had to say like that's my favorite scene in that movie um hmm You know what? There's a, there's like a character in this that is like kind of in the background of the movie a lot of the time, um, and you see the one of the times where you see him in like an elevator, and it's a pretty iconic scene, is like pretty chilling because it's it's definitely the first time we we're really meant to feel like oh. I don't know what's happening. Like I know what's happening. It's not like you're lost while watching the movie. You're not like, who's that guy? But like, <laughs> but you finally realize you don't know where the story is gonna go. And I think that that's one of the the big cool things about this movie. It kind of reminds me of Jacob's Ladder. Shout out to Jacob's Ladder. Didn't make my list, but like, it's like an animated Jacob's Ladder with way more psychological elements to it. Mm. And like, I just. You know a plus movie. I don't know if you're looking up reviews right now, what people say. Well, I'm looking up the where New to York Times. And just, <laughs> Roger Ebert says that rape scene was a class, that rape scene was a must.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Richard Roper says no, but, it was but mid. It's,
2: it's funny because no, it's like it really is a really important scene in the movie. Obviously, if we're gonna put a rape scene in, in it, it better
0: mean it. something, yeah. It, it,
2: and, it, and it really does. Apparently, there's a sequel to this movie which I have not seen. Uh, but it has almost nothing to do with this movie, A- apparently. I've not seen the sequel, so I don't don't quote me on it. I've I've known about the sequel for about two years now, and okay. like I've been putting it off because I'm like, there's no way it's gonna be as good as Perfect Blue. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. This is one of those things where it's like it's like the Usual Suspects. I don't want to spoil the Usual Suspects if you've never seen that movie, but it's like. It's like the twist of this movie isn't happening at the very end. It's happening throughout the movie. Like, it's literally walking you through all these places that, you know, you're meant to just, like, question what's happening around you.
0: And if you're like me and you have no idea what Art's talking about on this movie, we are able to uh, stream it. If you have AMC+, Plus, or you can rent it on Apple TV. It's <laughs> on Shudder. Oh, it's yeah. on Apple Plus, too? Yeah, Apple TV, Amazon, Vudu, uh, Google Play, and YouTube TV. So
2: Oh, pfft. Perfect. YouTube TV has like super high quality streaming. Do it on that. There you go. That was your number three. That's
0: my number three. Yeah. All right. Cool. So my number three. Uh, we've already talked about this movie uh, last week, uh, but it was so good. It made a return. Um, I think this is my fourth or fifth Tarantino movie. Uh, just like you, uh, when we did Tarantino's uh, top movies in our opinion, a list that you, an episode that you should check out. Uh, this surprisingly was my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, and I still stand by that fact. And like I said last week, it is the standard in which I hold movies to. Surprisingly, it's not my favorite movie of all time, but it is sure shit right up there uh, in the number three spot. Um, and that's Inglorious Bastards. Um, Amazing. Fantastic film. And, I mean, I could sit there. I could sit here and finesse it into the number one spot. I even played with putting it at the number two spot. Um, but I feel like, you know, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. But uh, everything that we said last week, just, just amazing. You put on the movie. It's like a good record, you know, a vinyl record. You drop the needle anywhere. it You're going to hit a great classic scene no matter where you land at. And you're going to want to finish it to completion. Uh, I noticed, like, during the life of this podcast, uh, if anybody watches our YouTube channel, Uh, When I put together those videos, there's always like scenes that I intercut to like strengthen a plot line. And it's always like, you know, Brad Pitt, you know, you know, in his character or... Uh, Christoph Waltz and the Hans Landa character or, you know, if we're doing like a victim thing, it's always like Shoshana, you know, <laughs> like her mm. character or whatnot, right? So I, I've noticed like just organically, like when I take gifts or pictures or whatever to strengthen a point made when we're talking about a conspiracy or whatever, it's like I'm always drawing from Inglorious Bastards. Again, a fantastic story. Uh it's the first time Quentin Tarantino also reimagines history, which he does in Once Upon a mm. Time in Hollywood, takes This horrible, horrible event, and kind of like retcons it and like reimagine it to give you like this spectacular over the top ending kind of thing. And you know, spoiler alert Hitler gets you know, massacred Mm -hmm. and whatnot, and uh, it's a glorious fashion. Uh, but just amazing film. Like you were saying with Django, Christoph Waltz, just like his attention to detail, whether it's like him, you know, getting his pipe out and smoking it, drinking a glass of milk, mm-hmm. like everything that he does, he does it with so much gravitas. Just like, it's just so like over the top, but beautiful kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah. A little bit of that is probably just like his European ways, but then also too, like just, you can tell like Quentin Tarantino is just like, hey, the way you drink milk, like, do more of that, you know, like, yeah. the whole fact, like, of how he's holding it kind of thing, like, it just, just th- the the acting without words kind of thing that everybody does, even Brad Pitt, you know, whether he's providing, you know, uh, comic relief, you know, in his character when he's like, buongiorno, you know, kind yeah. of thing, just, like, the way he's standing and everything, like, yeah. it's just, it's very just, like, it's
2: perfect,
0: like, the, you cannot get better, yeah, yeah. you know,
2: no, I agree. I, I think leading up to this movie, I think I mentioned, because I put it in my top 10 too, I mentioned that uh, my on my first viewing, unlike Perfect Blue, <laughs> it was not th- my favorite viewing. Mm-hmm. I actually did not care for it on my first viewing. Same here. Uh, and I, I had seen it in theaters, and I was like, I in my head I didn't know what to expect, but I knew that it was loosely based on the original Inglorious Bastards movie. And watching this, I was like, that's not like the Inglorious Bastard. I was expecting this to be like Pulp Fiction type shit, where it was like fast paced, like, you know, like fucking black exploitation type movie. And even though there were little hints of that, it wasn't that. Starting off, and then I remember thinking, like, man, that was a really opening b- scene. It was boring. Like, it was yeah. fucking long and boring. I didn't care much for it. And then sitting at home one day, I was just like, Fucking glued to the TV because I was like, "This is incredible! Like, mm-hmm. this is what like cinema should be." And I agree; it is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie as well. There's a scene where they're, you know, Rosh Hashanah finally like comes face to face with him for for the first time in the restaurant. In the restaurant, and they uh, put whipped cream on their on their on their little pies or whatever. Dude, again, same thing I said about uh, about uh, Django with the beer and how it's properly done. How they do the little, like, the little, like, whipped cream thing on top, that is properly done. Like, he didn't half-ass, he didn't have to add that to the movie. Like, it didn't have to have to happen. You know, this is not something that, that was needed to, it didn't need to happen. And, like, he added that for just, like, the beauty of the scene and, like, the way he zooms in on it. He didn't, he wants you to see this, like, being performed. Incredible. I mentioned how this was kind of Again, acting without words, kind of thing. Because yeah. he's
0: in, in your mind, you're thinking, like, oh, he knows that that's Shoshana, that she was hiding under the dairy farmer's, you know, uh, floorboards, kind of mm-hmm. thing. He even tells her, like, because she's like trying to hurry up and get the fuck out there because she doesn't know if he knows if that's her or not. And he's like, uh uh uh, wait for the
1: cream, you yeah. know?
0: And like, he's like, he make he's like, they're, Tarantino and Christoph Waltz, his character, are both doing this thing. like They're making you pay attention yeah. to the cream. And it's just like, oh, shit. Is he doing it because he really wants this lady to eat the cream? Or is it because he goes, I know you were hiding in a dairy farm kind of thing? And it, it, it's just layer upon layer upon layer. It's just great acting, great scene, suspenseful, funny. uh, Everything and anything you want out of a movie, this movie's got it.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's such a, like... It's his most cinematic movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Kill Bill Volume 1 is probably, like, right there with it, but it's, you know, it's it's incredible. Um, I mentioned uh, There Will Be Blood, and now, like, the two movies are kind of, like... This is kind of a rebuttal to his, you know, There Will Be Blood um, mm-hmm. movie, and how he wanted to prove that he was still, like, top and, you know, you know, one of the top directors in the game type of thing. You know, and I think he does. I, I, I do think that's his best movie, and I, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. And at
0: the top of my head, I, you'd be like, what's your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? And I'd be like, ah, ah Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill. Like, it doesn't register until you really sit down and think about it, and you're like, no, it's
2: Glorious Bastards. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree with you. Inglorious Bastards is up there for me, too. All right. Number two, art. Number two. Oh, man. All right. You know, as I was doing this list and I put this movie up here, I was like, man, like every single movie in here is like really moody. Even the Star Wars movies, like (laughs) the moodiest Star Wars movie, The Shining, Perfect Blue, super moody the whole way through. And this is, and you mentioned something. You were like, oh, you you like the space stuff instead of like the kings and queens and wizard shit. This isn't really in space, although it kind of is. But my number two is the original Blade Runner. Mm. 1982's really Scott's blade runner it's such a like dark and grimy world you know if you told me taxi driver took place in this universe i would be like yeah yeah taxi driver could happen in this universe like you know like what
0: you need to do then if like you really this is like your number 2 favorite movie of all time I, I don't know if Warner brothers still has it but in their studio tour they have one of the original set pieces and i believe if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, it's you know, and it's behind like glass and shit. But you can get like, mm. oh, right, right up on it and shit or whatever, right? Like a fat kid at a buffet. Uh, but it's uh, an original of R two D two, like like that's where that cityscape came from is like the inside of the costume of the original R two D two. So not only are you getting like that part of it, you get to see you know a Blade Runner set. But you're also seeing
2: like a Star Wars
0: uh, prop as well. Yeah,
2: well, that's awesome. I didn't know that. I didn't know that we're the, the Universal Studios you said. Uh, you Warner, Brothers, was, uh, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Their their studio tour. Interesting. I did not know that that was there. Um, but yeah. I, I think as far as world building, besides Star Wars, I would say Blade Runner probably has the second best world that they've built. Um, I also just want to keep you know if we're if Jacobs going to get two movies in one. I do it. You know, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I won't say equally as good, but like, fucking if if you if there's gonna be like a best sequel to a movie, that's how you do a sequel where it's like you're not gonna fucking just be like, remember this guy. Like, you know, it's it's not that. There's no talk to the hand moments in these <laughs> in these movies. We just shitting all
0: over t- Terminator two on yeah.
2: We? It's just like, but it's like so easy to shit on it. Uh, yeah. There's no vanilla ice. There's no Sasha and rotar or whatever <laughs> Toka and, Rezar, Tokar okay. and razor Tokar and razor
0: you show some goddamn respect okay
2: you know was, there's no, there's nothing like that going on uh but you know what man like this movie is just so like moody i i love the fact that there's it's like it's raining the whole time through i remember i i was a big fan of this movie for many years and then a few years ago, they showed it in theaters and I was like, and it was going to be the, like the, how it was meant to be seen, you know, for the first time. They were about to release that version of it. Like the, like, like, oh, that's the other thing. Very controversial thing about this movie. There have been multiple versions of this movie. There's even a version where they took s- scenes that weren't, like, put into The Shining and they put them into this movie. And then they had, uh, like, just dialogue saying, like, this is what happened just so you guys can go home safely that this is what happened. This character ended up with this character. Everybody lived happily thereafter type thing. And everybody hated that when that came out because apparently the studio was like, nobody's going to fucking get this movie. This movie is like fucking weird. Sci-fi movies are fucking weird. (laughs) We fucking blew it with this movie. Ridley Scott, you're never going to make it in this, (laughs) in this world. (laughs) Like you're just, you're going to be a nobody bro. And like, once like the director's cut came in and I was old enough to have the director's cut be like my first version of this movie like it is one of those kind of like weird movies where like you do have to watch it like once or twice to be like what was that all about and then you finally get on a second view where you're just like huh that's kind of an interesting thought of like of like was that character human (laughs) like type of thing I don't want to spoil too much, again, if yeah, people a, haven't seen it. It's but, a movie I still
0: haven't seen yet. Oh, it's, you haven't seen it yet? I've never seen oh, it. Oh,
2: shit. Okay, yeah. So, like, I don't want to spoil even less than. So, like, because I do highly recommend it. It's it's not a super deep movie. I think Perfect Blue is, like, one of those movies that's like, oh, you really shouldn't spoil anything about Perfect Blue. But it's basically this, like, bounty hunter for robots. And it's, like, even the way he does his his assessment of of who is human and who isn't is like really fucking badass and like way ahead of its time. And like when he's like asking like these robots, these questions of like, okay, if you saw a turtle and it was flipped over and it was dying, what would you do? And like, just like these kind of like weird little like moral questions type of thing. And like the robots have these very like, well, of course I would just flip it over. Like, yeah, of course there's no way. Like, you know, it's just like, it, 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 it's kind of a weird, like, like thought, the more I've watched it, the more I've like, I've like loved these like weird vibes that the movie creates. It also has a completely like synth score, which has become like its own like lore to, to like synth and cinema, where people like will reference like oh a very Blade Runner y sounding score <laughs> where it's like the benchmark. Of yeah, it. it's like yeah. that's what it is. You know, it's very Blade Runner, and like the fact that people can say that and know what people are talking about is like a really interesting thing to me. Um, I don't know. I, I fucking love this movie. Also, I wish I knew the actress's name. Um, I don't know who the female lead is. Oh, I, she I, was an Ace Ventura. I know that. Um, Sean something or whatever. Uh, probably, but uh, yeah, but I remember when I saw her in this role, I was like, that is like the most beautiful woman in the world. I'm like in love and like it kind of became my blueprint to like, <laughs> <laughs> like every Every like woman since, and also Han Solo's in it, so like that's awesome too. Sean Young, yeah, oh man, A yeah. plus, like fucking amazing stuff here. But um, yeah, no, incredible movie. I I think it's kind of like one of those movies that just gets overlooked a lot of times because like really Scott's not really you know he's known for so many movies now at this point. That's like even Blade Runner gets a little bit like pushed to the side, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think like those two movies back to back, you know, not back to back because there's two different directors and there's about a thirty year gap between the two movies, but for a uh, for a part one to a part two, like it is really cool. Even like fuck, dude, some of the advertising stuff that they do, well, there's because it's in like the future of like nineteen ninety eight. So, like, it's supposed to be happening in the future. And I think they say, like, 1998 is the year that it's happening in. But, like, they have, like, these giant, like, electronic billboards and stuff like that. And I always fucking love that. I'm like, dude, that's so fucking badass. Like, it's so, like, apocalyptic. But at the same time, it is, like, very real. I don't know. I can't explain it. I love the world. I love the vibes. The Synthetic score is amazing. The overall, like, idea of, like, you know a human when what 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 constitutes of of being a human and what what is when does a robot become so human that it's even human or yeah I don't know I love it I think its sequel does even expands on that thought even more which is awesome and there's an animated series out there that's also really awesome I don't know I, I love it but definitely recommend this movie it's so cool it is one of those things that's like put it on on a rainy night and just fucking like Chill, chill, and like watches perfect rainy night movie. Put it on my list. <laughs> Put it on the list, but definitely wait till it's like a rainy like dark night. night. We're supposed to be getting some rain this week,
0: so oh yeah, maybe Thursday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of dark movies and speaking of rainy nights, um, I remember when I um, first heard about this movie. It was during the time that we were working at Target. And everybody was talking about it, you know, making references to it, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about like all right i i guess you know whenever i get time again you know i'll watch that movie and whatnot right and so i remember it was the super bowl and uh i needed a new tv because i really wanted to watch it you know yeah in high def or whatever right so i bought this tv at best buy got my first credit card you know put charge it to the game and whatnot and, and i'm
2: pretty and, interested in what you're gonna say i have no idea what you're gonna say
0: yeah so um, when you bought the TV, you got a free Blu-ray player and, like, 10 free Blu-rays, right? And so I was Very,
2: like, or 2005 or
0: whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I was like, all right, so give me Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Uh, give me House of a Thousand Corpses. And I forgot what what other DVDs were a part of, like or Blu-rays, I should say, were a part of that original lot. And I needed one more to fill out that lot. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll get this movie because everyone keeps talking about it. Might as well throw it in there and I'll watch it on a rainy day. Uh, when I don't have anything else to do. And that movie, um, I hated it when I first watched it. I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? Oh, the pa- Mel Gibson's The Patriot was one of those fucking movies. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I put this movie on. I was like, that's the worst movie out of all these fucking Blu-rays. I'm glad I got it for fucking free or whatever. Uh-huh. And that's Spider-Man 3 was in that fucking <laughs> lot, right? So I was like, man, fuck this movie. But something kept happening. I was like, I would sit there on the toilet. I'd be in the shower I'd be shoveling the dog shit. I'd be mowing the lawn. And I would think about a scene. And I'd be like, you know what? Let me go ahead and put that movie back on and watch that again. And somehow, some way, like, I got it. I was like, oh, this movie isn't supposed to be like this social commentary movie, because it's a very very, very dry movie. But once you get into the dialogue and what they're actually saying, you're like, oh wow, this is a dark comedy. It, and it it's sometimes it's found in the horror section and it's not very scary or whatever, but Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this movie, so good. The only reason why I put it above Inglorious Bastards, is it was so good that I bought it three times. Damn. (laughs) I'm going to show you the actual version that you can actually play. Oh, American Psycho. It's American Psycho. And the reason why I had to buy it three times is because, I guess, the early versions of Blu-rays, they kept fucking up. And there's the original uh, Best Buy Uh sticker on there and whatnot. Uh, but I guess like Blu-rays, like they had a problem at first that you know they would only have so much life. But yeah. I watched it so many times that I fucking burned the blue. I burned the fucking Blu-ray out. Blow of it me. all up. Yeah. So, anyways, this is the Australian copy that I have right here. But such a fantastic fucking film, and yeah. that, like it deserves. I just a, watched this a few nights ago. Actually, yeah, it's so great because it's it, like you were saying, like the, your other movies. Like once you get to the end, like what just happened. You know, and there's little breadcrumbs that that what's going on in this movie isn't reality.
2: This movie and Perfect Blue, if you like this movie, this is like the live action version of Perfect Blue. Okay. Like, I love this movie. One of my favorite scenes in this movie, whoops, sorry. One of my favorite scenes in this movie, I I know everyone would be like, oh, the, the card scene and all these things. You know, like, there's so many iconic scenes in this movie, but there's a scene where they're driving to like a party right him uh-huh. and his fiance and she's like she's like we should get married and go on a honeymoon and he's like I don't have time to take a vacation right now <laughs> he's basically being like all and he has his headphones on he doesn't care what she's saying and then she, he's, she's like why do you even work at that job like why do you do this and he's like because I want to fit in and to me that was like the most like if there's a way to sum up this movie it is you know I don't think it's commentary to like Oh society blah 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 blah, but I think everybody, even the most like maybe not the most like fucking b- some Buddhist in like the fucking mountains or whatever that's given up every material possession that he owns or whatever or she owns, but um I think to to some extent. Everybody can relate to that line. They mm. just want to fit in. And he goes through these extremes to try to look like his buddies, sound like his buddies, have the hotshot job like his buddies or whatever. And obviously, there's a lot of like murder in between all that. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but, um, but to me, that was like the, That's my favorite scene of the whole movie. It's like them in the limousine and him not caring about like what's happening, or even like
0: his 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 morning ritual. You know, beautiful. Yeah, such a great scene. And what's I mean, we can talk about all that shit or whatever too. But such a violent film, but not violent to be violent kind of thing. It's not gratuitous kind of thing. It's all kind of meaningful in the overall arching theme, I guess, of the story. And you'd be like, who fucking put this movie together, fucking? You know, Quentin Tarantino or like, you know, uh fucking Eli Roth. And it's like, no, it was a woman. Mm-hmm. A woman directed it, a woman wrote the screenplay, and it was so violent that it was attached to so many different actors and directors. I think Scorsese at one point was attached to it, and he was like, Man, this just I can't do too much with this work. It's just it's just too violent or whatever. And the original, um it's based off of a book by Brett Easton Ellis or whatnot, right? He, his work was so abstract that like people just couldn't they just didn't get it they're like it's just a violent film it's just murder porn and uh the lady that actually i forget her name i should probably should have wrote it down this movie could be its own episode i guess but uh she was the only one that got it and this lady who wrote the screenplay again a lady wrote the screenplay to this so it's just like that's to me like it's such a like it's such a a paradox right because Mm -hmm. it's The main character, Patrick Bateman, he has so much contempt for every single woman in his life. that you would think like, okay, Eli Roth put this together or, you know, like one of those kind of directors kind of thing. But like, no, it was like from an actual woman. And when you get down to it, like I said, it's a dark comedy because it's just like, oh, yeah, this is how we view those type of men, you know, kind of thing. And it's just like, oh. And when you look at it through those eyes, you're like this becomes such a greater movie. And again, I had originally Glorious Bastards* at number two, but I just think like I've watched this movie so many times. There's so many, to believe it or not, so many more quotable lines in this movie. Yeah. And as great of a job as Christoph Waltz did as Hans Landa, the the, the Jew hunter or whatever, right? In that movie, I think Christian Bale did so much more of a better job, like that. And that it came down to that, where it's just like I t- think I think like masterclass wise of acting. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's hard. To, like, he needed a bunch, like, The Machinist and stuff. He did a bunch of movies, like, within this time frame where it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ, is there a better actor, like, in this world than this guy? And the answer is, like, I don't know. I don't think there is. And it's just, like, just such a well-put-together movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like, at least for, for my list, I hadn't thought about, like like, <laughs> Harrison Ford as Decker and – in um in uh Blade Runner or you know Harrison Ford in in um Empire Empire like I don't think it's like the best acting ever. He's just a but, cool character, but it, yeah, but it's definitely like those are movies like I like legitimately love. Like they're I could be like Schindler's List is so much better. And really, if somebody was like, "Oh, that's a better film," and you didn't notice this in Schindler's List, fine. it's like fine, that's great, but that's not that's this is my list. I agree with you. I think that that you know. I think he's a fantastic actor, but I think that that's like a really solid reason to, to put it in your list. I think we've talked about this movie multiple times. You but know. not only
0: just a good job like acting, like, oh, okay, that's great, but it's entertaining to watch, right? Yeah. Like, you can't take your eyes off of it. And I think it's got like some of that Harrison Ford. Stuff to it too, where it's just like he's walking down. Like I know everyone's seen like the the meme for this, like where he's walking into work and he looks like a goddamn serial killer. And, and on his headphones, headphones, he's yeah. listening to the, "I'm Walking on Sunshine." whoa mm. and it's just
2: like it's so fucking hilarious, yeah. you know? Like this that he he really committed when he was making this movie. I think I mentioned this when Vincent was on that he had his his front teeth all removed mm-hmm. just for this movie because he thought his per- his teeth were not perfect enough, like. he would never have like any kind of imperfections in his teeth. So he had like his front four teeth removed and like had new teeth put in. Wow. And like, he was super committed to like being that character, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's all the like, all the subtle things that are just kind of funny. Like when he's at the dry cleaners and he's like, then why won't they get these stains out of him? And it's just like, He's like, is that blood? He's like, uh, it's actually a cram apple or like whatever, you know, like. That. <laughs> or when is like uh,
0: that guy that's like in love with him, like on the low. Yeah. He's
2: like, Patrick, how,
0: what are you doing? What is that? And he goes, and he goes, what is that bag? And, and obviously he's thinking, like, what's inside that bag? Is it a dead body? And he's like, no, it's Sean Paul Gautier. Like he's like uh, still has to make like the fact yeah. that like no, it's a brand name bag.
2: Uh, yeah, he says something like, that is a lovely night bag or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It it is an awesome movie. It is one of those movies that like you just have to see if you've never seen it. It is the the one scene that you
0: gotta watch is the is the business card scene. Like that's like yeah. the scene of the movie.
2: Yeah, that is definitely the most like iconic movie or movie scene in this movie. But um you know, I it's funny because when I saw it I I've always thought of this movie as a comedy. Like, I think it's 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 a really funny movie and like it just so happens to be like really violent at you know mm-hmm. in
0: a lot of scenes. It's hard to categorize it. It definitely is a dark comedy. It's placed in the horror movie section. I mean, yeah. there is horror movie stuff. I mean, he runs around his apartment complex naked with a chainsaw at one point, point. <laughs> and there's yeah. a dead lady's head in his refrigerator and all sorts of shit or whatever, right? But it, it it's just it's a smorgasbord of just like good cinema. That's all I can say. American
2: Psycho, number two. Yeah, no, I agree. And then speaking of American Psycho, American Psycho Part 2. Oh, horrible sequel. That is a horrible sequel. Apparently it wasn't supposed to be a sequel to it, but they just didn't know what to do with it, so they were like, let's just try to tie it into the American Psycho yeah, universe. Yeah, talk about, and it doesn't have anything to do with Patrick Bateman uh-huh.
0: or anything. It's got William Shatner and Mila Kunitz yeah, it's or whatever. Like the
2: whole movie is just a talk to, talk to the hand for yeah. like two yeah. hours
0: straight. So. Yeah, they should have just called it. Mila Kunitz meets William Shatner. That's all it is.
2: Yeah, it's pretty bad, dude. All right. Your number one movie of all time. My my number one movie, and this movie is, I was so obsessed with this movie when this movie first came out. I saw it in theaters, like, I I would say at least four or five times. I went with, like, different groups of friends because I was like, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's fucking amazing. Another moody classic, another movie that I was just like, like, that shit is too real. It connected to me, and this director just became, like, one of my all-time favorite directors. It it felt personally scary to me. What's that one movie? It was, like, a 90s movie where, like, a girl beats herself up with some oranges. <laughs> I can't remember what that movie is. I have no idea, dude. I, I can't remember what it is. If someone's, like, watching this, and it's, like, some movie from the 90s where a girl puts, like, oranges inside of, like, a stocking and starts beating herself up to, like, frame a guy to, like... I don't know. I want to say liar, liar, but I know that's like. Nah, not right. It's like one of those 90s movies. I can't remember. remember nah. Cruel Intentions or some shit. I have no idea. Yeah, we'll but, anyways, up. I remember thinking that was really scary. But when I saw this movie, I was like, that is fucking frightening. And this movie is Gone Girl. Gone oh. Girl is my number one movie, my all time favorite movie. Like I, I can I, see why. This movie, super ambient. I watch this movie like all the time. <laughs> we did
0: a whole episode about it, too.
2: Yeah, it's just, I fucking absolutely love this movie i a little backstory and and like about why I was like so obsessed with this movie and I've mentioned this a couple of times, but one of like the big like coming to coming of age stories in my life was like being in kind of like a shitty relationship where like you're with someone, but they really want you to be somebody else type mm-hmm. situations and i when I was watching this movie and And again i don't want to spoil too much about i feel like all of my my top threes i don't want to spoil too much about because they are kind of movies that that are just like psychological thrilling moody movies type. and they're not
0: big lexicon movies kind of thing yeah yeah so it's like i mean we did a whole fucking episode uh april fool's day episode about (laughs) this but uh no i i i agree with you such a great it's a it is a great movie
2: i i think that like if you haven't seen this movie watch this movie and i'll try to go through this without spoiling too much about about it but the relationship that the the two main characters is the way it's built it's definitely built of two characters that don't really like each other want to want something different out of each other mm-hmm. and for some reason they have chosen to be with each other and i think that to me it was like super like toxic relationship and it, to to peek a little bit behind the curtain many years ago i was i felt like i was in a relationship like that where i was like do you want me to be something i'm definitely not and i'm like i don't know what i'm doing here type situation when i saw this movie i was like holy shit like this is terrifying like this to me felt like like the most terrifying movie i had ever seen and um the the twists that are just happening throughout this movie that are just it's not the final thing it's not like you know Kaiser Soze was made up at the end. You know, it's nothing like that. It was like the whole movie, you're getting all these twists and turns and like it's nauseating at times and there's characters and I would have never thought would have been good actors like Tyler Perry's in this movie. Yeah. He plays a lawyer and I'm like, Tyler Perry, you're pretty damn good as a lawyer, dude. Like, Neil Patrick Harris is in this movie, and I'm like, Neil Patrick Harris, like, you do play that role of, like, the dorky dude. <laughs> like You know, he did like, a good job, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, like, the casting in this movie is, like, A+. I, you know, David Fincher, well, as soon as I saw this, I was like, you know what, David Fincher, you've always been that director that I really, really like, and w- when you made this movie, it became you became that director that I was like, dude, you just dunked on, like, you just became my favorite director. I feel like he's kinda had a little bit of duds lately, but but for the most part I was like, fuck dude. You know, shout out to his other movies and like the social network seven, fight club, obviously Gone Girls here, Zodiac, you know, like mm, yeah. um just fucking Aliens Part three, <laughs> which is his worst movie. <laughs> um He tried. But uh yeah, no, definitely my favorite movie soundtrack by Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross. That is one of the coolest elements to this, that those two had been working together, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, have been working with um, David Fincher for a while. But this is the first one, like the social network, if you listen to that, there's like actual Nine Inch Nail tracks on there. This is the first one where it was all 100% original Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross stuff. And it was genius. Like there's m- moments in here that I'm just like, those two scenes would have not worked without each other like the music the visuals the the story that's being told like there's just something like amazing it's very moody at times where it's just like he curates these big hollow soundscapes and visuals that are also big and hollow i i love it dude i can fucking watch this movie anytime it is one of my favorite movies. Oh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, another one of his movies. I, I like absolutely that too, yeah. love that movie. Um, but
0: I'm ashamed that I didn't put all those like on my honorable mentions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it just I I absolutely love this movie. I I've been wanting to watch this movie. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. But like when we first kicked off this idea, I already knew like my number one was gonna be Gone Girl because I just fucking love this movie. Um, I'm trying to think as far as a favorite scene without spoiling too much. There is a scene where uh, one of the main characters needs to fake having a black eye, and um, she grabs a hammer and like smashes. basically yeah. smashes herself in the face with the hammer, and like there is no cutaway. There's like no like it, shout out to her acting skills because I do think this is her best movie. I don't think she's made anything as good as this, <laughs> and like but. That scene is, like, super impressive. There's a lot of, like, scenes in this movie that are like, oh, shit, you got to turn away. That shit was too intense. Um, But that's definitely my favorite, one of those, like, too intense moments when she, like, bashes her eye with a hammer.
0: Yeah, I remember that now. (laughs) Real quick before I move into my number one. um, With my whole uh, situation, like, with my mom, like, so I have to sell a lot of stuff out of her property, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that, like, it's cash transactions, right? And so uh, last week I had maybe about, you know, a couple thousand dollars like in cash on hand and whatnot. Right. And there's a scene in Gone Girl where she has a couple thousand dollars in cash on hand and whatnot. And, you know, she gets robbed or, you know, by some people to spoil her. And um, I, I could not stop thinking about that scene the whole time. Like I had that money and shit for like a split second. Like, I was fucking, (laughs) I was Tupac in Juice for a minute. Like, I was like, I wish a motherfucker would try, (laughs) you know, to pull some Gone Girl shit on me and shit. So, anyway, solid choice, though, man, Gone Girl. If you haven't seen it, guys, I highly recommend it. We even did a whole April Fool's episode about it. It it. It was that good. We couldn't just sit there and talk about the film. Like, we had to literally finesse it in
2: and, and really the soundtrack to all of these movies like gone girl soundtrack amazing like definitely recommend listening to it that star wars movie empire strikes back like that's the first one where you hear the imperial march dun, like the dun, 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 dun. like you never heard that before it was not in a new hope like that's the first time you hear that definitely like john williams breast work is in that movie Blade Runners the Blade Runner the super synth soundtrack like it's iconic it's classic there's even a version you can find on on uh Apple Music I'm sure it's on what's the other one with the green logo on it Oh it's Spotify like Spotify where you hear like uh Decker's audio like mixed into the synthetic sounds and I'm like fucking genius obviously you mentioned uh the Shining and like Bella the, the the way that you know that whole thing is the very iconic music and you can put perfect blue in there cuz spoiler alert her one of the things that she is is a pop singer especially oh, wow. at the beginning of the movie so there is a lot of mu- every my top 5 music plays a big element to like how I like my movies I like it to have good music mm-hmm. moody music so
0: which segues perfectly into my number 1
2: my number 1 movie the red I- violin Yes. Oh, by the way, shout out to Red Violin, also a great movie. Didn't make my list. Yeah.
0: Um, when I first watched this movie I fell in love with it because it encapsulated everything that I liked. And at this time, like I was kind of like in a musical journey where I was like all over the place kind of thing. And this movie's music doesn't have a score. It only uses popular music mm-hmm. in the time period in which the story unfolds. And it takes so place uh, within I think a thirty or thirty-five year or, uh year span of uh, this, you know, individual and his family's you know life or whatever, right? And the music is just so perfectly done. Like there's little scenes which I'll get into, you know, maybe a little bit later. Um, uh, but like it's like, wow, like you never would have thought that like that section of music would have made this cinematic historical scene. That much better, but it did kind of thing. Um, but in a nutshell, you know, I listed a bunch of uh Quentin Tarantino movies, and I think this is probably the most Quentin Tarantino movie that has ever been made. And it's not directed by Quentin Tarantino either. Hmm. And what I'm talking about is I'm talking about 1990s Goodfellas. This mo- and this is like an original like DVD, like when DVDs first came out, like in the 90s, and yeah, shit, they used
2: it. to do this like weird clip thing,
0: yeah. So, um, and you can't even watch this like all the way through. You have to flip it. Like that's how oh, old the fucking thing is, whatever. I have I have an updated like Blu-ray version yeah, of it where yeah, I yeah. don't have to do that's that. That's like bullshit. Laserdisc used yeah, to do that. Yeah, but I just wanted to have that for nostalgia purposes. But yeah. the first time I watched this movie, I was like, Oh, that's that's the bike, dog. Like that that's the best movie I have ever seen. <laughs> and to this day, it's it's like the Miss Waddell of fucking movies for me. Like <laughs> to this day, like no other movie has come close. Like, yeah, Quentin Tarantino has said something. American Psycho has said something and whatnot. Oh. But it's just like Goodfellas just encapsulates everything. You talk about the music. From beginning to end Quint, or Martin Scorsese just knows how to hit it. Like that scene of Robert De Niro where he's like looking at everybody like I'm gonna whack everybody. And that's, uh, that song from Cream um, Sunshine of Your Love like dun, 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 and he all he's doing is just like smoking a cigarette and he's staring at everybody. One of the best scenes of all time. Even uh, that film music class that I um, that I took in uh, at Cal State, um, we had our final project was okay. You need to show an example of all of what we learned um, in class, and there's like very specific examples of, of X, Y, and Z. And I used Goodfellas' music, even though it wasn't necessarily a score. And I was scared. I was like, I'm either gonna fail this project or I'm gonna get an A. And the teacher, he's like, Hey love Martin Scorsese but I never watched Goodfellas because I always felt like it was going to be too violent and he looked at me and he goes dude this is he didn't say dude but he said this is like one of the best movies I've ever seen and he goes dare I say better than The Godfather you know Mm -hmm. and he goes even The Godfather I was just like a little squeamish on stuff and this is a very violent film as well because it's very true to the mafia but unlike The Godfather where it's like an opera and it's all focused on like the family's business this is based upon like the personal lives of the people who are associated in, you know, the mob and the mafia and whatnot. So, like, you have a love story there. You have a, a a story of friendship and betrayal and revenge, and you know, even that whole line that you get, like in the trailer, like two things, you know, never ratting your friends, and you know, all all that thing, like, and it becomes like the big focal point of the story. And it's a true story too of a guy named Henry Hill, who was an associate of Cheese family and whatnot, right? And it, it's just it's just awesome. One of the best uh, roles that De Niro's ever played. It's one of the best roles that fucking Joe Pesci has ever played. Introduces uh, Ray Liotta. He's the main character of this movie. You have all these fucking heavy hitters coming at you from every direction. Uh, but Ray Liotta is like the main guy who's narrating this movie. And like he somehow, some way is showing up these fucking veterans of the game. And it's just, just to me, like just a perfect movie. Uh, I was watching a documentary about it the other day where uh, Scorsese said, we made a point to make all these quick edits because there was so much going on in this guy's life that we wanted you to ingest things. And then what we would do is, is when we wanted to make a point, uh, we would hit you with all these images. And when we want to make the exclamation mark, we would freeze frame on that and like slowly pull out on it. And I was just like, man. Scorsese, you are, like, the best director of all time, man. Like, I know you mentioned it, you know, with, like, Taxi Driver and shit, but just, like, this movie was just, like, a masterclass of, like, directing. And he does it without making it feel like you're watching, like, a Schindler's List and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, He does it like you're watching Friday, you know, like, because there's a lot of comedy in here, you know, like that. Funny, funny how? Funny, I'm you like a fucking clown. You know, like, there's funny things like that. Like, even the shirt that I'm wearing today, is an homage to that because, you know, when they have to bury Billy Batts, you know, they have to stop at Joe Pesci mom's house to grab the shovel. But, like, an Italian mom, which is actually Scorsese's mom, you know, she has to, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, make them a dinner or whatnot. So they're sitting around there, you know, doing their thing. And it just that that whole back and forth is just hilarious in a really fucked up situation. They just murdered a guy, a yeah. made man they can get in trouble for, for murdering. And they gotta go bury him in the sticks, but no, we're gonna have a family dinner before we do that. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah. Such a perfect movie.
2: No, it is. It's you know, I'm actually pretty surprised you put this as your number one, just because I was like, he's probably gonna put a Quentin Tarantino movie in there, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, no, it it is one of those uh like uh like iconic movies you mm-hmm. have to see type situation, um.
0: And dare I say, easy to ingest, because, like, The Godfather, yes, that's one of the best movies of all time, like, but it's, like, one of those movies you got to sit with and watch a few times and ingest slowly kind of thing. This movie is just so easy to get into. The first time you watch it, like, you're going to fall in love with
2: it type of thing. Yeah, you know, I feel like this movie gets lumped in with a lot of other movies. Like, The Godfather definitely is, like, viewed as, like, the crowning gem of, like, the gangster movies and then not that this one gets forgotten or anything like that even in the even in the Scorsese universe type of thing it's it's up there but i do feel like it's overlooked a lot of times surprisingly cuz mm-hmm. it is a good movie you know like i don't know if like the departed or something like that gets you know <laughs> like uh which i also like the Departed. have you seen his new movie the like the
1: oh shit something moon or
2: flower yeah, 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 moon or- yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah it's on my list i, I have
2: i haven't seen it i've heard really mixed reviews about it mm. which uh, is a little bit disappointing because i thought it, was, it looked like it was gonna be amazing but i do want to watch it i want to make my own opinion about it but i've heard really like mixed things on it
0: but to be fair i mean he was he's like 87 yeah i know i mean i mean we shouldn't have 87 year old people doing anything yeah, but even the president but anyways <laughs> that's my number one movie of all time
2: yeah no good good choice uh Damn, man. I don't know. I feel like I, I don't know how to like. I guess end the episode. Like, honestly, I feel like I would recommend any one of these movies on either one of our lists. Like, they really, especially. I, I kind of want to watch Django again just because I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. I do. I do think I'm looking at my list right here and just being like, you no, know, I still like *Inglorious Bastards* better. But but Django is really good it's a really yeah. fun watch
0: but anyways I gotta wrap this episode up because I guess apparently our dinner's ready so oh, <laughs> that yeah. said uh, check out our list watch them or whatever but guys I need everyone to hit us up on all the social media with your list uh, guys at Do America, except for twitter we are at a one sometimes that's how a steak is done if you want to help support this podcast go to patreon.com slash America. Uh, follow the merch or no <laughs> subscribe uh, you'll get a bonus episode every week Nine times out of ten, those bonus episodes are better than the actual episodes you're hearing for free. Uh, if you want to support us in any other way, go to the website, rndacondoamerica.com, follow the merch links, buy some shirts. <laughs> Not so much to help us monetarily, as we see a couple cents from every purchase made there, but it does help support this podcast because when you wear a shirt, you are a walking billboard, if you will. If you want to listen to other great podcasts, guys, we are official members of the Podbelly Network, so check out podbelly.com. Uh, check out other great podcasts such as Hillbilly Horror Stories. Robot's for Eyes, and the world famous silver team pocket. So, with that said, guys, my girl is yelling at me through text <laughs> message saying that our wing stop is ready. So, oh shit! The- <laughs> so, with that said, goodbye. Dang, I might goodnight. pick up some
2: the- wing stop.